Shots podcast. It's episode one, one, one. I'm your co-host, Mike Parsons. And as always, I'm joined by the man who's rather stoic himself, Mr. Mark Pearson Freeland. Good morning, Mark. Hey, good morning, Mike. What a lucky number to beginning a new series on, you know, 111. I I love that symmetry. (laughs) One, one, one. And it is going to be a real, a real knock out this one because we're going to go into a practice that when we planned this show, I don't think we realized how perfect it would be uh, to start a brand new series in January 2021. Mark, where are we going in the world of mindsets? Today marks episode one of four with our uh, one of our favorite authors and, and original thinkers, as well as historians, I'd say, Mr. Ryan Holiday. Mr. Holiday has become pretty globally renowned, um, mostly uh, or at least originally from the book that we're covering today, Mike, which is called The Daily Stoic. And what a what an amazing introduction to stoicism I think that The Daily Stoic really is. Mm. Yeah, and what's, what's uh, really impressive about Ryan Holiday is he had a very – you know, successful uh, career before writing. Uh, So he uh, was a very famous uh, marketing guy and um, he actually wrote a book called Trust Me, I'm Lying, Confessions of a Media Manipulator, (laughs) (laughs) which is just great. So he's got, uh, there's a real uh, creativity in, in not only the stories that he tells, but how he tells them. And he's gone from talking about his media and marketing days to the very heart of an ancient practice, which is called stoicism. And how good is it when you get into this whole idea of stoicisms? I mean, it's like you said a second ago, it couldn't be more perfect timing for all of us to pick up the book, to listen to the show, to really dig into Ryan Holiday's work, but also stoicism as a general uh, genre to uncover or be reminded of some of these key practices and lessons that fundamentally are absolutely timeless. I can't think of a more appropriate word there, Mike, than the word timeless. They've been around for the, se- thousands of years. I know. And so <laughs> it stems from uh, ancient Greece way, way, way back in the day. Like, So we're talking BC here, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So a long time ago. Um, but it has had the devotion of some great uh, philosophers, uh, some great men of history, such as Marcus Aurelius. And we not only have a show today that is going to be full of stoic thinking, ideas, and pragmatic things that you can do to improve your day. But we're going into a four-part series thanks to the hard work of Ryan Holiday, who has truly gone back a few a few millennia and, and re-polished, re-contextualized stoicism for a modern world. And it at its root is all about enduring hardship, or as we often say here on Moonshots, embracing the discomfort. I'm fired up, Mark. Where are we going to start this journey with Ryan Holiday? Let's look to the man himself, the well-known marketer and now appreciator of the timeless arts of Stoicism. Let's hear from Ryan Holiday, introduce us to Stoics and philosophy. 
It's easy to think that philosophy is this sort of abstract thing, that it's just exercises or thought exercises or just big words. But the truth is, in ancient philosophy, philosophers were just regular people. They had day jobs. Marcus Aurelius is the emperor of Rome. Zeno was a merchant. One of the Stoics was a manual laborer. They had normal lives, lots of responsibilities. And so philosophy was a way for them to get through life and to get through life effectively, happily, productively. And so what we see in Stoicism is all sorts of really awesome exercises that help us live the best life that we can. How cool is that, that we are diving into a world of thoughts originating from two 3,000 years ago, and we are finding them to be perfectly of the moment. Um, I'm, I'm interested, Mark, before we started studying uh, Ryan Holiday and Stoicism, how much had you been uh, aware of Stoicism and, and what it meant? Like how, how new was it for you? Well, actually, here's a, uh, almost an Easter egg or perhaps a surprise to the listeners. I studied uh, classical studies and ancient history um, at university, so over uh, ten years ago now. But a lot of my uh, modules, apart from you know genuinely looking at pottery from the ancient Romans and the ancient Greeks, and uh, imagining myself as Indiana Jones, it actually was quite literature based. So I, I had a pretty good introduction to Marcus Aurelius, um, Seneca, um, Cicero. You know, I don't think at the time though when I was, you know, my teens, uh, early 20s, I fully appreciated how substantial their exercises were right. in right. day-to-day life. I considered it much more, oh, yeah, this is what the emperor of Rome was doing. He wrote meditations. That's kind of cool. But I don't think I fully grasped how impressive, uh, again, timeless to overuse that word, uh, those exercises actually are in our lives nowadays within yes. business. I, I, I was a little bit the same. And I, I would go even further to saying, you know, I had often thought of when someone was being stoic, they were just battling on despite the hardship. Mm. And that's kind of before I was introduced to the idea how I thought about it. But what we have in front of us uh, in this show is some really great um Packaging from Ryan Holiday in very simple, powerful advice on how we can be the best version of ourselves. And I love stoic thinking because it accepts that if we're going to go out into the world and try and do something, it ain't going to be easy. And that is so true if we were to think about the last year. It ain't been easy, has it, Mark? No, it hasn't been easy. And the next uh, 45 minutes, an hour, Mike, we're going to learn these exercises that are perfectly timed following a pretty rough year and it's the beginning of a new one. Let's look ahead, positive mindset. Let's learn from the Stoics with how we can maximize our time and to your point, be the best version of ourselves. So I'm really excited about this show, Mike, because we're going to hear, as Ryan's just introduced us, a reminder of some exercises that you and I and our listeners can do every day. So Starting us off, I think we should get next, straight into the next clip, Mike. What, what do you say? Yes, and uh, you're, you're not wasting time, and I'm pretty sure Ryan Holiday doesn't want us to either. So let's have a listen to what he's got to say about time. 
The first lesson from the Stokes is that you have to guard your time. Seneca talks about how even though time is the only non-renewable resource on the planet, it's the one we are the most frivolous with. If someone stole some of your property, he said, you'd fight to get it back. But we let people steal our time, or worse, we waste our own time, right? And you have to be able to guard your time carefully. You have to know, hey, this is my most valuable resource. I cannot waste it. I cannot afford to fritter it away because I'm not getting any of it back. And so I think the Stoics would be avid protectors of their inbox. They wouldn't frivolously agree to things. They would say no to things. They would guard their time. I mean, straight off the bat, this is one of my real challenges, I think, Mike, that I face day to day. I'm very, I don't think throughout 2020 or maybe even uh, the rest of my career, I've really considered my time as a non-renewable energy source or resource. It does, <laughs> it does really uh, uh, challenge you that thought because he said, if someone came along and stole some of your property, you'd be up in arms, but that's replaceable. But actually your time isn't, yet we give it away so easily. I mean, that, that little twist right there has my mind going. Yeah, you totally take it for granted, you know, and there's many, many things that, you know, you, you kind of waste your time with, whether it's silly um, frustrations with a colleague or a project or whatever it is, we're also willing to sort of give that away. And it's, it's a great reminder that, you know, okay, well, let's take a step back, Mike. Let's have a bit of breathing space. Let's put our time against those things that we uh, love, whether it's creating a new product, talking to mm. customers, or just grabbing a coffee together. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, if, if, if it's being a bit frivolous and uh, careless with your time, the other side of it is just over, um, over promising your time in an effort to be productive or to, you know, contribute, we might agree to be in a lot of meetings. And I mean, just this morning, someone was, trying to sneak into my calendar at 9 p.m. in the evening. And I was like, look, here's, here's my feedback and thoughts. You guys don't need me. You go for it. Like, just do it without me. But I know in my career I have found myself of trying to show up so much and not protecting my time or thinking about the question, what else would I do with that time? I sleep. <laughs> so, so the, the thing here is that it can be carelessness, but it can be just over committing it. It's like, if we only had so much food, we wouldn't be wasting it so much water. We wouldn't be wasting it yet. Sometimes we can give up so much of our time to secondary not important things. And so I like to always think of, do I really have to be there? Um, or can I provide feedback um, via email or some other means so that they can do their thing, but I am not over committing my time because I only have so much of it. So I think this scarcity and it's a one-time occasion, a one-time occasion, you know, it's, it's a non-renewable resource. It's very powerful thinking. And I think it, it almost um, 
Mark, once you think of it like that, you really are much tougher um, whether it's being careless or overcommitting with your time, don't you? Yeah, I, I, I do agree. And it reminds me of Patrick Lencioni, who when he was breaking down the uh, team player profiles and thinking about how your role in a meeting might change depending on what sort of character or sort of behavior that you have. And he reminded us, you know, some people turn up just to say something. And this is a great right. reminder. Hey, you, if you can provide written feedback to your point or, you know, call out, Hey, you don't really need me for this. I, I, it's unnecessary of my time as well as yours. That's a great demonstration of being a considerate team player, I believe, mm. because you're saying mm. to them, Hey, I trust you. Here's my thoughts. You guys go on ahead. And we've got another uh, thought from Ryan Holiday, uh, author of The Daily Stoic, which is very time-related as well, and it is one of my favourite ones. And we're about to listen to Ryan Holiday talking about one of my absolute favourite mantras, which is waking up early. The next lesson we get from the Stoics is to just wake up earlier. Right? Marcus Aurelius has this fascinating dialogue with himself in book five of Meditations, where he talks about how he can't stay under the covers and be warm all day. He goes, ah, but it's so nice here. And he says, but you weren't put on this planet to feel nice. You were put on this planet to do what you were put on this planet to do. He said, people who love their work have no trouble getting out of bed. They throw themselves into it. He's like, you should be that kind of person. When you wake up earlier, there's less distractions. You've got to jump on the day. You can win the day early by getting up. And that's what I try to do in my life. I want to know that by 10 or 11, I've done most of what I need for the day. And then the rest of the day, I have some freedom. I can take my time. I can make decisions on the fly. But you wake up early and you start the day with a win. Starting the day with a win. I mean, just hearing Ryan tell us about how he begins his day, I, I actually feel relaxed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right? You've got everything done by 10 or 11. What a, what a perfect dream. Well, yeah, nuance there. The most important things got done, right? And, and this is, if we unpack this for a second, there's a two things here. I totally, the reason why you feel relaxed, Mark, is because if you win the morning, chances are you win the day, mm. right? And to put this in the inverse, you know, when you've had an unexpected morning with interruptions, distractions, things going wrong, and you kind of get to 11 and you're like, I haven't done anything. Yeah. Well, you may have been doing stuff, but you haven't done anything important. And you know how you, it's almost a sense of, oh, I can't believe I, I feel like I've dispensed this energy, but I've got nothing out of it. Like I haven't really worked on something important. I think it's really sort of from a momentum perspective, you know, if you win the morning, you win the day, don't you? Yeah, it's, it's the momentum of, of productivity. And, and at the same time, I loved the reminder that, and this has been consistent with some of our other moonshotters, you can't always feel nice. You know, yeah. lying in bed is cozy, but even Marcus Aurelius knew, hey, I can't lie in bed all the time. I can't be emperor of Rome from the bed. Uh, I think this is, <laughs> I think this is a nice reminder for us again, you know, not only is it all about being productive with time, but also we're starting to see from the Stoics that level of discomfort. And we're going to dig into that a little bit more later, but I think yeah. this is a, a great um, demonstration of Stoic thinking how there's a lot of interconnected uh, and linking thoughts and approaches that make Stoicism so significant. 
Well, you know, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's it's almost like if you were to take uh, Joe Rogan embracing the discomfort, Yako Willing, uh, you know, win the morning, win the day, um, you actually really do start to see how many successful people have different flavors and, and versions, different takes of stoicism. Um, and I, I, I like this idea that, you know, if you can accept that it's all about finding your real purpose, then you should want to jump out of bed. Um, you want to go after it. Um, and sure, when you're having a vacation, maybe on a, one of the weekends, you know, you take it easy a bit. But I think it's a reminder to us that there should be a certain magnetism or, or almost like a tractor beam that pulls you out of bed. Mm. And that will indicate to you that you're doing uh, something that is really true to who you should be. And I mean, the first thing you do once you've woken up early, uh, this is where we start to explore um, some thoughts from another great contemporary moonshotter, which is Cal Newport. And this is this idea of once you're up, time to get focused. Are you ready for a bit of focus, Mark? I'm totally ready. Let's hear this next clip from Ron Hodley on directing your efforts to things one at a time. You've got to focus on the task at hand. So many people are trying to do a million things at once, and of course they don't do any of it well. Marcus Aurelius talks about focusing like a Roman, doing this thing in front of you like it's the last thing that you're doing in your life. He says, let all your efforts be directed at one thing. Do that well, then move on to the next thing. We think we're good at multitasking. We are not good at multitasking. Do one thing, do it well, move on to the next thing. Repeat ad nauseum. That's how people are successful. That's how you'll have the best week ever. Mm. Focus, focus, focus. Well, we, as I said, we have celebrated Cal Newport, who has really um, brought to life and advocated the idea of deep work and uh, really taking all distractions away and really going deep. Like I'm talking a two, three-hour session in the morning, no distraction, just the work. And I love, I love the saying focus like a Roman. Mm-hmm. I think this just feels absolutely appropriate when the risk is, I think that we all could easily spend the day in and out of calls, meetings and emails and never really have that time of focus where we set our agenda and work on the things that truly do matter to us. Yeah. It's something that we all contend with. Um, every day, you know, if, if you're in back-to-back meetings and calls, the work that's going to make a difference to the business or to your uh, line of work isn't necessarily going to be completed as successfully or as good as possible. You know, if you're, if you're distracted by notifications, emails, or jumping from topic to po- topic every half an hour or so, how good is your work going to be? It's going to feel a little bit half-baked. So this idea that you're talking mm. about, Mike, with deep work, I mean, I know that you and I, we've said it before, and I know we're real advocates for it, aren't we? We are. And, and it's, it's, um, it's important to understand that uh, deep work matters because you are working on what's important for you rather than if you are running your day by your inbox, mm. then it's the inbound messages of others 
are running your day. I mean, I think a lot of people are using inboxes as taskless. Yeah. But if you think about it, those are inbound messages from others. So you are working on the things that others have set as a priority. And I'm all I'm saying is take the time, preferably for me, it's in the morning, get a good slab of time where you truly go deep. And for me, deep is like not just reading some stuff, but reading stuff, taking comprehensive notes, and then doing, producing, writing, creating the work that I wanted to create. So if I was uh, working on a course, for example, if I said, hey, I really want to do a course on a particular subject, I would have my readings, I would write up my notes, and I would challenge myself that at a minimum from the deep session, I would have a full outline at a bullet level of the different areas and subjects I'd be covering end-to-end completely in the course, and I'll get all the folders set up and get everything organized. That would be at a minimum what I'd like to get out of a deep work effort. Um, It's really, for me, important to nominate a really important objective from your deep work because if you do that in the morning, all these good things happen. You will feel, and to use this example, oh, I'm really on track. I've made a good uh, headway into delivering this course. You'll feel deeply satisfied because you met an objective that you set. Nobody else, you set. And you could find yourself at 10, 11 in the morning, you've done it. You spent that two or three hours and then you're good to go for the rest of the day. I mean, that sounds pretty good, doesn't it? Uh, It does. And I think it stems from uh, being honest with yourself, you know, Hmm. setting that objective and being, uh, you know, focused around it. You know, it's very easy for, and from my own perspective here, to set yourself that objective and then maybe loosely keep an eye on your emails or occasionally send a text. You know, that's you breaking that promise to yourself, your objective. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, it is a real challenge, you know, that the Stoics are, uh, and Ryan's reminding us of here uh, that you're already doing, which is turn everything off, go and take those notes, go and set yourself an objective, go and meet that objective, and then look back and say, hey, I did pretty well. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. And, and I think, what not it great? I mean, look, so far... So far, from this ancient thinking of Stoicism, with the thanks to Ryan Holiday and his kind of repolish and reboot of uh, Stoicism, he's reminded us, don't waste your time. I mean, this idea that it's the most, you know, non-renewable resource, like it only occurs, it's a once-in-a-lifetime moment and then it's gone, right? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's great. It's a good reminder. Just make the most of your time and do, yeah. do what's right for you. Yep. Get your ass out of bed. <laughs> Focus like a Roman. I mean, these are really, really good pragmatic practices. Now, coming up in the show, we have a lot of stuff where we're going to amp it up a bit and get into some really powerful stoic thinking. But before we do that, I think, um, you know, it's a new year and, Mark, it was so great to get um, feedback from all of our listeners starting the new year. But I think there's there's one of our listeners that we want to shine a light on who's been adopting the very best of habits for the new year. Yeah, talking about habits and, and getting into uh, brand new behaviors. Uh, I want to call out 
Jackie Brown, who got in touch with us and mentioned us on, on, on Facebook. Hi, Jackie from Mark and Mike. We love, uh, we love hearing from all of our listeners, but Jackie in particular, she has called out that we've, um, reminded her or, or suggested this idea of taking cold showers as a habit every morning. And look, from a person who's, who's done it a few times, I've got to say it can be pretty tricky. Mike, I know you seem to do it a lot as well. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I, I honestly, it, it's, um, it's my can do. In fact, my only complaint of the summer is that the, the water is not cold enough. <laughs> oh, it's not cold enough. You're channeling a real Wim Hof here. You've got to go out for the coldest, coldest water. But Jackie, you're doing just that. You're going out, you're experiencing that cold. And we love hearing that you're loving it um, and how energized and awake you feel afterwards. So congratulations to you. What a great start to 2021. Absolutely. And look, you know, it's so important. Uh, if we, we just talked about winning uh, the day, right? Uh, focusing like a Roman. I tell you what, if you want to get focused in the morning and be awake, take a cold shower. It is, it's breakthrough, breakthrough stuff, isn't it? Well, for me, uh, and I know we'll, we'll get back into stoic in a second, but for me, it does feel pretty familiar or sorry, connected with this idea of your time. You know, you're very instantly aware of your body. You know, everything's firing. You can feel your, your back, your arms, your feet. Everything's suddenly, whoa, it's cold. <laughs> mm. And, mm. and it's a great reminder. Hey, okay, I am alive. I can feel things. I'm present in the moment. And as we're going to find out later in the show, this is a real um, stoic approach, actually, you know, being present and thinking about yourself in time and space. It certainly is. It certainly is. So a big hi to, to Jackie and a big hi to all our listeners in Japan. We've been rocketing up the charts uh, in Japan and uh, it's so great to see so many people tuning in to us uh, from Japan. So hi to all of you. And I think for everybody listening to the show, I mean, Mark, what's your call to action? If they're sitting there, maybe they're uh, enjoying the show, maybe they're commuting, maybe they've got a moment. And you'd like them to do just one thing to be part of the Moonshots universe. What would you ask them to do? I suggest uh, doing a couple of things. There's there's uh, a wonderful destination that uh, I highly recommend everybody to go and check out, which is www.moonshots.io, which is Moonshots Learning from Innovators uh, Hub, our home online, as it were. You can find all of our 110 shows prior to today's Daily Stoic. You can find all of our show notes, relevant URL links, like our, our um, episode on Kyle Maynard last week. We've uploaded a load of extracurriculous reading that all of our listeners can go and check out. You can see all of our upcoming shows, some great mantras that you and I live by. And we've also got a special new feature that's been around for a couple of weeks called the feedback area. If you navigate on the top of the page, you can leave us your thoughts your recommendations, as well as the shows you'd like us to cover. We love hearing from our listeners, particularly when they're taking cold showers and being inspired. But we also like receiving recommendations on who to cover next, Mike. You know, we, we exactly. love having a good plethora and a variety of, of innovators in our library. All right. So I think now it's time to turn up the heat in the kitchen, Mark. I think it's time to get into some of the core thinking um, of 
stoicism. And in a world where we're all told to be positive and be optimistic, this is a real turn to the world and a twist, an unexpected pivot where stoicism invites us to practice negative visualization. One of the more interesting lessons from the Stoics is this idea of premeditatio malorum. That's negative visualization. Instead of imagining everything going exactly how you want it to go, what can go wrong? How can you be prepared for it? Marcus Aurelius talks about starting the day and thinking about all the frustrating, annoying, selfish, rude, stupid people he's going to meet. And then he knows when he meets them that that's who he's meeting. He's not upset by this. He's not surprised by it. He's prepared for it. So you prepare yourself in advance for what's going to happen today, this week, this month. And then you're able to prepare for the worst case scenarios. You're able to prepare for success as well. But you want to know what can happen. You want to visualize it all and be ready for it. Oh, the worst case scenario and mm. be prepared for it to happen. For me, Mike, actually, this is kind of confronting. You know, you, you touched on it introducing the clip. Nowadays, we're all about positive mindsets, um, visualizing success. And this is kind of interesting, challenging ourselves to actually imagine who am I going to run into that might cause a headache, a queue in the coffee shop or a bad email, you know, or a rough phone call. Once you visualize that negativity, you sort of reset your expectations and think, okay, well, if that's the worst that I can imagine, I'm now ready to deal with whatever comes to me. Yeah. And I think, it, I think where it picks up from is, um, you know, we've heard a lot from people like David Goggins, which is don't give up, keep going, keep going. And building on that is that as you keep going, as you don't give up, you will be confronted with things not working out. Now, I think from personal experience that we are too quick to run away. We're too quick to give up on things when things don't work out, particularly when it doesn't feel just, when it doesn't feel fair. Things like I worked really hard and I did this great effort, but it still didn't work out or somebody else let the side down. It's so unfair. I hate this. I quit. I'm out. Right. I think that line of thinking is something we all experience. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, there's so many moments of my career in life where I've worked really, really hard at something and maybe it hasn't been received as well. Maybe it was dismissed. Maybe it was, you know, put in the bin <laughs> and mm. you kind of just think, well, oh, well, that's it then. That's me. That was my hardest work. I'm out. I'm done. And yeah, this is a great reminder, isn't it? So what happens though is when you when you face those moments, is if you know that it's natural to want to stop and give up, but you train yourself not to give up. The way you set that foundation is by really exploring the negative visualizations. What's the worst that could happen? so that you are prepared that when it happens, because, hey, that's life, as they say, that rather than you're like, I've, I've visualized this perfect scenario and this is not perfect and so therefore I quit, that you go, I have a vision of where I want to get to, but I know it's going to be insanely messy all the way there and I'm now experiencing some serious hardship 
disappointment, but I'm prepared because I have visually, I have seen that things might not work out. I have seen, in fact, the worst that could happen because here's the thing. Once you visualize, once you create a clear picture of the worst case scenario, you no longer fear it because you have faced it. Secondly, you're also ready that when it does happen, it doesn't catch you by such a surprise. It's not such a shock. And thirdly, anything better than the worst that could happen is actually an upsell. It's better than expected. And I think this is a really good balance between, sure, be positive, but also be positive and enthusiastic even when it's hurting because you know that that's part of doing something special. Because as they say, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. So it's all about balancing your reality and your vision, knowing that in order to achieve your vision, reality is going to get painful, messy, and it's not going to be elegant. And if you want to keep going like a David Goggins, you've got to be prepared for like on kilometer 20, it's really going to hurt. And you're, you might consider quitting. You might consider it. You may have faced this in your preparation, but you are knowing that that is just part of the journey and that gives you the capacity to go further. It's amazing to think that a lot of these thoughts were coming from such a timeless source and it's a great moment to, uh, you know, when we dig into Ryan Holiday to expand our, our vision, you know, it always feels like it's happening to me, but as you've just said, when you, do put it into context of, you know, waking up, assuming the worst, thinking about projects, thinking about your life, thinking about history. Isn't it great and, and pretty liberating for me at least um, to think, okay, well, if it works for some of these, uh, you know, ancient philosophers, as well as some of the moonshotters and the innovators that you and I have covered before, if it works for them, maybe it'll work for me. It's quite empowering, I think, this, this yes. approach. Yes. And I think that it's all about have vision, but actually explore what's plan B, plan C, plan D. Know that it's going to get messy. Know that it's not going to work out exactly as you think it will or would like it to and be prepared to go with that. Right. Because I think what we do is we ignore the, the thought of failure. But if you actually look at Michael Jordan, for example, he thought so much about failure. This was his uh, energy source to train harder than anybody else. And this next clip, Mike, um, building on this idea of, of innovators, Michael Jordan and the use of energy, uh, I think is, is perfect, perfect um, consideration when we're coming off the back of 2020, thinking about this new year. And it's all about knowing our energy and how we respond to things. So this next clip that we're going to hear from Mr. Ron Holiday is all about asking whether something, an opportunity or a challenge, is in your control. The next lesson from the Stoics is actually what Epictetus says is probably the most important thing in the whole philosophy. He says, 
separate things into two categories, what's in your control, what's outside your control. So the person who starts their week off by thinking, here's all the things that I need to do. Here's the part of that I control. Here's the part of it I don't control. I'm flying from New York to Phoenix. Okay, I control that I've bought the ticket. I control that I got myself to the airport. I don't control when the plane takes off. I don't control the weather. I don't control whether there's a malfunction with the plane. I don't control who I sit next to on the plane. So by focusing on what we control, on not wasting time and energy on what we don't control, we have an advantage over the people who, they hear that the flight is 30 minutes delayed and they throw a temper tantrum and then they go stuff themselves with a Cinnabon. The Stoic sits down and starts answering emails or sits down and writes an article or makes a sales call. The Stoic tries to use the time that they have the Stoic tries to focus on what they control, which is how they respond to things and not on what they don't control. Mmm, the Cinnabon. <laughs> oh, the Cinnamon Romark. Oh, those <laughs> things are so good and just so bad all at the same time. I love it. This one is really big. I mean, I actually think that the the preparing for things not going your way in the previous clip and this one could be at the very heart of uh, stoicism. And um, I think we all put a lot of stress into things that we don't control. The perfect antidote to things being crazy outside of your control is to focus your energy on the things that you do control and the well-being that you um, experience as a result of this is tremendous and it's very stoic. So, I mean, this is where I think the time, timely nature of getting into stoicism is really, really powerful because there are things that have happened in 2020 and continue in 2021 on a macro global level where we might be thinking to ourselves, it's all a bit crazy. Mm-hmm. Well, the, yeah. Ryan Holiday and the Stoics say, well, okay, you might not control Uh, geopolitical, macroeconomic trends of the world, but you do control your breath. You do control your sleep. You do control your exercise, your work, your effort, the time that you wake. These are all wins, potential wins in your day, according to the Stoics. You control them totally, so focus upon them. Pretty good stuff, Mark. Yeah, so essential for all of us to remember. I mean, it, it's it's kind of a, a little bit of a challenge when you when you follow it as an exercise and put it into practice. I think you know, there's plenty of times when I will react to something that is out of my control, whether it's a cue or as as Ron Holiday calls out there, a great visual example of waiting for a plane and it's delayed. I mean, what immediately comes to my mind, Mike, that I can control is my time you know, as we were discussing earlier in the show, how I utilize it and make the most of it. I think how I react, as, as Ryan Holiday calls out in that clip just then, react to challenges as well as opportunities, um, but also how I interpret stuff, how mm. I read into something. Maybe I overthink or overanalyze to the extent where I negatively interpret something as opposed to thinking of it positively. It's a great, mm. great reminder and something that, you know, we've kind of got to practice each day, I think. I totally agree. So um, another thing that comes out of these daily practices, as you mentioned, 
is writing a journal. And this is even uh, fundamental to stoicism. So, it, I mean, you can just see how many times we've talked about daily journaling as being something that is truly beneficial. Uh, so once again, let's hit Ryan Holiday, let's hit stoicism, and let's get into the world of writing a journal. The next lesson from the Stoics is journaling. And I would say that there's almost no distinction between Stoicism and journaling. The philosophy is the philosophy of journaling. Marcus Aurelius's Meditations, that's not a book he intended for you and me. That's his journal. He was writing these things to himself as the most powerful man in the world about how to be better, how to think more clearly, how to let things go, what was important, what his principles were, who he wanted to be as a person. So if you're one of those people that says, oh yeah, I'd like to journal, but who has the time? I don't have 20 minutes in the morning. I don't have time before bed. The most powerful man in the world spent time with a journal every single day. He had to do it with far inferior technology to you and I. So you absolutely have the time. You have to make it. I love that clip, Mike, because throughout 2020, I was saying to you, hey, journaling, all of our moonshotters and innovators and entrepreneurs that we cover, they're all talking about journaling. I should really do it too. And I was one of those people who was reacting and saying, oh yeah, if I had the time, I'd go and do it. But now over the break and, and the end of 2020, I, I did get into that practice. And, you know, exactly as Ryan Holiday calls out, if Marcus Aurelius, the most powerful man in the world, can do it with inferior technology, I can do it when I'm sitting in bed or at my house. And I genuinely believe, Mike, hmm. I know that journaling for you is, is a practice that you've done um, for, for a fair amount of time, I really do find it beneficial, not only from communicating or compartmentalizing my um, interpretation of things, as we were just talking about in the previous clip, but also how I'm looking ahead. So it's almost reflection as well as forward thinking. And ironically, when you're considering the past and thinking about the future, you actually end up in the present. You're thinking about where you are right now, how you've reacted and how you're going to react. And it almost forces you to think, hey, well, who am I? Where am I? What matters to me? And how am I using my time? And what should I be focusing on? All of these things, as we've heard throughout the rest of the show, seem to really stem from this idea, journaling is the mm. heart of the stoicism. Because I believe that journaling helps you get your thinking straight yeah. and stoicism is all you are what you think. You are what you think. You are how you react and how you interpret. It's, right. it's very uh, personal. I think the, the beauty of stoicism is they're very essential lessons that you and I can learn from. And fundamentally, the way that you put it into practice will probably be slightly different to how I put it into practice because we are both subjective and unique. So even though the practices are so ownable by you, ownable by me, I love the idea that as unique as a journal that you might write is, is specific to you and my journal is specific to me, this philosophy of stoicism is again specific to how I interpret it mm. and how I use it every day. I think it's, yeah. it's, it's a great clip, that one, to help us uh, consider how we can actually put it into practice. How, how have you felt after 
doing some journaling? Like what effect does it have on you when you do it? It actually relaxes me. I feel pretty good. Again, I think harking back to the focus like a Roman clip, (laughs) you know, if you can, because again, this is kind of like a habit, isn't it? This is uh, focusing and making the time to do it. I think you feel pretty good. If if you block that time, if you go and do it and you turn off your phone and you really think, okay, well, this is what I uh, feel or think or however you want to approach the journaling, it's it's pretty rewarding afterwards. You think, hey, mm. I, I accomplished this and I'm, I'm really pleased at it. Whether you read it back or not, it doesn't matter. I think the act, for me yes. at least, of, of having sat there and done it and expressed something through pen and paper is, is really this idea, this, this feel-good, rewarding factor, I think. How about you, Mike? How do you feel when you've done it? I think you do it in the morning. I do. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's quite cathartic, isn't it? Cathartic. Uh, yeah. it, it just gets all the cobwebs and the dustiness out of your head. And it's this simple act of forcing yourself to write something down, makes you consider it like there's a forcing function. Cause you're like, mm, is that what I really think? Or I'm, uh, no, no, I think I mean something a bit different. Like that whole conversation is so powerful because clarity of mind, clarity of purpose, clarity of action, it all comes uh, from there. So, you know, journaling to me is a just, it's a delight. It's a, it's a, it's a medicine. Uh, it's, it's so many wonderful, wonderful things. So do you remember the advice uh, that I gave you uh, to help you start, which might be helpful for our listeners? Yeah, I do actually. Uh, your your great recommendation uh, for any of our listeners who, you know, maybe you're thinking about sitting down, writing a journal, maybe you're thinking, okay, well, now run holidays just made me feel, uh, if, Mar- if Marcus Aurelius, the most powerful man in the world can do it, maybe I should do it too. Just start with one word, mm-hmm. one word a morning or an evening, one word a day, whatever it might be. Just break it down really, really simply. How do you feel? How do you think right now? Is mm. it, um, you know, are you feeling relaxed or energetic? You know, just start with one word, no matter what that one word is. Happy, slowly build sad, from that. frustrated, angry, it, resentful, it, whatever, it, whatever that word needs to be. And before a, you know it, way. right, yeah. before you know it, what happens? You start writing two words, three words. Yeah, just build that little foundation, you know, yeah. dig in. Um, and, and, you know, again, I think uh, stoic practice or stoic thinking can behave in a similar way. You know, we've got a number of great tips today within this show. You know, we've talked about time, focus, waking up early. You know, all of us can begin just doing one of those things. Maybe it's just thinking, okay, well, how do I begin my day by focusing? I turn off my notifications. Great. And then maybe in a week's time, okay, I'll go to bed a little bit earlier and wake up a bit earlier. And now suddenly I'm focusing and waking up early. Maybe now the next step is be more considerate of my time, respect it a little bit clearer. You know, Mm. maybe similar to journaling, how it can begin with just a a brick, a bit of time, one word. Maybe Mm. the practice of, of stoicism can begin in the same way. Just start with one thing and slowly become that better version. 
very, very true and leads us nicely to something that you might consider in that journal as you write and as you think. And uh, this is one of the last thoughts that we're going to share with you around Stoicism and this great body of work called The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday. And this thought is going to be, and it sounds rather grand, so don't run away, but it is all about mortality. The final most important part of having a great week, at least according to the Stoics, is this idea of memento mori, of meditating on your mortality. I actually have a ring on my finger right here, a signet ring, which is an ancient form of jewelry. The Romans all wore these. And on it, it says memento mori, and on the inside it has inscribed from Marcus Aurelius a quote. You could leave life right now, he says. Let that determine what you do and say and think. The idea that this could be the last week that we have on this planet. This could be the last day we have on this planet. This could be the last video that you watch. What are you going to do? Are you going to be present? Are you going to show up? Or are you going to be distracted and inefficient? Are you going to seize this moment? As Marcus Aurelius talks about, he says, do this as if it was the last thing you will do on this earth. Do it well, do it right. Don't take it too seriously. On the other hand, don't, don't be too upset about anything. Life is too short. You can have a great week by focusing on the fact that it may be your last week on this planet. Oh. I mean, it's, it's pretty uh, confronting, maybe even a little bit uncomfortable, but it just feels so empowering as well as consistent with a lot of the other clips. Again, this idea of time and how you use it and you make the most of it is really, really at the heart of uh, a lot of this stoic thinking. But memento mori for me, Mike, it, it, it's something that I want to, think about more. How how do you interpret it? Yeah, I think, um, I think there's a couple of fun, uh, fun ways to go about this. And I think, um, where I would encourage you to start is when you wake in the morning, a very positive thing to do is like, wow, if we think in this mortality, uh, lens, wow, new day, a new life. So part of this stoic thinking is actually start every day like it's a brand new life, fresh. Forget about the cobwebs of yesterday, start fresh today, clean slate, and then make choices as if today was the last day of your life. So do the best you can. Think about your legacy perhaps. Um, and this is really powerful. I mean, Steve Jobs was quite famous for saying, you know, live it, live today like it's your last. And I think that might affect what you think is important. Um, and it might change some of the prioritization there. But I think also what we have to realize is that the reason we should consider mortality so much is so much in Western culture, when our loved ones die, it can be enormously disruptive can be very traumatic. I do think that part of that is we don't consider mortality. We all are just humans. There's been millions and millions of humans before us and there'll be millions after us. And I think part of getting the most out of the day is living it like it's your last. And this has always brought home to me 
when you see stories about what people in their 80s and 90s, what advice they give to young people. And it's always comes down to what they prioritize. And if you ask this question about what should I do today as if it was my last day on the planet, that may change your priority setting. That opens up this stoic uh, thinking to explore your own mortality and to get the very most out of today, to, to make the best decisions in every day if you ask this question. I mean, what a fantastic, uh, you know, north star to try and aim towards, isn't it? I mean, I wrote my goals for 2021 a couple of weeks ago, and one of my key ambitions or, or challenges to myself is better time, time management, considering that a little bit better and making more of a, um, making it more substantial, you know, more important. And I think time stems from that, that thought, Mike, that you were just saying about mortality, thinking, uh, what am I going to do, say, in, and uh, approach today as though it is that last day? It feels, it, it can, you know, when you hear about it first time, it does feel a little bit maybe confronting or a little bit scary. But actually, I believe it's quite empowering because yeah. suddenly now I'm inspired to go and um, have a good chat with somebody or go and do some really good, valuable, deep work or go and give the best meeting I've ever, I've ever taken part in. You know, I think it is, I think depending on how you interpret it and, and action it, it's really, really empowering to me as an individual. Hmm. I, I think it is. And I, th I encourage everybody to go and explore this. And if you, if you really are, if this is uh, stoked your stoic uh, curiosities, um, then head over to moonshots.io where you can get all our show notes. You'll find all the links. We'll have links, obviously, to some work by Ryan Holiday. We'll make sure that all the goodies are there so that you can get uh, all of that stoic input. Now, um, whilst we have gone to some pretty heavy-duty themes and topics on this show, looking at the, the work, The Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday, I think it's only appropriate, Mark, that we leave with a slightly more upbeat thought from Ryan Holiday and it is encouraging us as we listen to this last clip for the show to be very much in the here and the now. I mean, my, my favorite quote from Marcus Aurelius, he says, um, objective judgment now at this very moment, unselfish action now at this very moment, willing acceptance now at this very moment of all external events. I mean, that's basically stoicism in a nutshell. If you don't have to read meditations, you don't have to read Seneca, you don't have to read Epictetus, you don't have to get a degree uh, from Harvard in ancient philosophy to, to, to get any more out of stoicism than that, right? It's like, look, see the world as it is for what it is. Don't put judgments on top of stuff. Be a good person. You have to take action. That's like be a good teammate, be a good citizen, be generous, be caring. Don't be all about yourself. And then willing acceptance. I know people that sounds like resignation, but what it's really about is like, instead of complaining about how things are, instead of feeling persecuted, instead of feeling like shit is unfair, 
or instead of feeling like you can go back and change the past, which you can't, accept it and then move forward. That's not the, willing acceptance now at this very moment of all external events. He's not saying uh, just accept everything as it is. He's saying like accept the facts and then turn them into something. He's saying you can still change the world, but you can't change what's happened in the past. You can't change other people. You can only focus on what you're going to do with the facts that are in front of you. And so, I mean, that quote is the essence of what I write about in my books. It's the essence of what stoicism is. And like, I would defy someone to live by that quote and, and not see things radically improve for themselves. This is a, a clip that's brought us our journey through the foundations of Stoicism all the way around, hasn't Mike? This concept, it's, it's so good. It's being present in the moment, seeing the world without judgment, being a good person. I love that. We'll, we'll dig into that later in the series as well. But this concept of willing acceptance is something that we've, we've referenced and, and explored a few times through some of our shows. And, and immediately for me, it calls back the positive energy of, of Kyle Maynard in, in show 110, you know, mm. accept with the situation and move forward. Yeah, absolutely. That is really the, 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 the building blocks and, um, what a great, um, flyby summary introduction to the world of stoicism. And we've got Ryan holiday in his book, the daily stoic to thank uh, for this, but it's, it's just really what perfect timing where we get real about things and where we get prepared to embrace the discomfort. Mark, have you enjoyed it? I, I believe this could be one of our, um, most unique series that we've done because of the, the nature of digging into these timeless exercises and revisiting them with, you know, this modern day lens. I think we've now established a really good baseline and foundation of Stoicism. And the next three books we're going to be digging into, Ego is the Enemy, The Obstacle is the Way, Stillness is the Key, using the foundations and lessons and exercises we've you know, teased and uncovered today across those next three books in the Ryan Holiday series. I think we're in for a bit of a treat. Totally agree. Totally agree. So, Mark, thank you. Thank you for kicking off this new series. Thank you for joining me on this journey into a four-part series on Ryan Holiday and Stoicism. And thank you to you. Thank you to all of our listeners because, boy, did you get a welcoming to the whole universe, the entire universe of Stoicism. And it started with the idea of time. And it is truly the only non-renewable resource on the planet. It only happens once. So you better get up early and focus like a Roman because look, if you want to be the best version of yourself, those things become essential. And along the way, you are going to face challenge and you need to ask, what's the worst that can happen? Focus on the things that you control. And if you get your thoughts straight, that will no doubt happen in your journal, which you should do every day. And as you write, consider and meditate upon your own mortality. And then you'll appreciate every moment of the day because you should live every day like it's your last. Okay, that's a wrap of the Moonshots podcast.